Psalm 34, 18, we read these words, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Hey, what do you do when your heart is broken? We read in Scripture, in the book of Job, when Job found out that he lost all his wealth and he lost his servants and he lost his ten precious children all at one time, the Scripture said, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. I'm joined in the studio today by my sweet and wonderful wife, Debbie. She just stuck her tongue out at me. <laughs> and uh, we want to talk today about the situation in U- Uvalde, Texas, uh, the tragedy that took place there, the, the senseless uh, killing and massacre that took place there. Of, of all things, uh, second, third, and fourth grade children, our minds can't even wrap our uh, – we can't imagine how someone could do that. Uh, to another human being, much less to a child. And, and so we're grieving along with uh, the rest of the country, uh, but nothing compared to those families and to the families in that community. You know, and I read, I read something just yesterday in light of that, and it was like not only the families and the children and the children that, that witnessed it, but the first responders who responded to it mm-hmm. and the carnage that they must have seen and just the the – emotions that those folks are dealing with as well, as well as just the nation in general uh, dealing with it, because it it is, I think that word senseless probably is such a great descriptor, because it, it's beyond our imagination how something like that transpired, and just the magnitude and breadth of different emotion that has to be filtering through all those families who were directly affected. I mean, it, it's, it has affected me, and I'm, it, it wasn't a direct hit for me. Right. And so I, I cannot begin to fathom that you've dropped your child off at school for the day. You're, you've gone to the gym. You've run to the grocery store. You've, do, you've done whatever it is you do in a normal day, right. and you get that phone call. I, I, and you talk about your world being completely turned upside down. Right. Well, life is is very fragile, and nobody has the. We don't have the promise of tomorrow. We don't have the promise of ten minutes from now. And uh, you know, I wrote the book Life Interrupted. What do you do when your life just just changes on a dime? Um, no doubt, those parents that got that phone call, their blood just froze in their veins. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's like your worst nightmare. Um, and, and people, you know, people are quick to go political on the, the answer right. is political. If we, if we just have these new laws, then this will solve the problem. The answer is not political. Yeah. The, the issue is not political. The issue is sin. Um, and, uh, you know, if you take away all the guns, people will kill each other with knives. You take away all the knives, people will kill each other with clubs. You take away all the – I mean, it is right. – the problem – uh, the, the heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart. And it's interesting, as uh, you look at this, Uvalde is a small town. It's, uh, 
It's South Texas. Yeah, 80 miles west of San Antonio, 54 miles uh, from the U.S. and Mexico border. It's a town of a little less than 16,000 people. Um, and we know from living in Texarkana, which is a town of about uh, Texarkana, USA, about 70, close to 70,000 people. Small towns are very tight knit. That's right. And uh, people know each other in small towns. And so it's uh, just devastating for a place like Uvalde. You know, I've been to Uvalde one time as a kid. Uh, my dad was speaking uh, at a revival in Uvalde. And all of us got food poisoning, and we all ended up having to go to the hospital in Uvalde. <laughs> and uh, that's my only recollection. It's the only time I've ever, ever been there. But as we were talking about it yesterday, one of the one of the big things that just came to my mind is is what a reminder this is that we live in a sin filled world. Right. You know, um, we we can be isolated in our little bubble of the world where tragedy hasn't hit, but that doesn't negate that it's a sin-filled world in which we live. And um, so often we don't keep that in the forefront of our minds. And boy, this really brought it back for me personally, like, oh, never forget, never forget we live in a sin-filled, fallen world. Well, we are reading in the news and we find out that 18 students were killed, two teachers were killed. Um the, the murderer was killed, and before he went on this shooting rampage at the school, he shot his grandmother. She's in critical condition. Uh, one of the persons interviewed said that this guy, Ramos, uh, was upset, 18 years old, upset uh, because he wasn't going to graduate from high school. And so his anger, uh, hatred of... God and who knows what else, you know, I mean, all of the bitterness and resentment and hatred at all, it works its way back up toward God. And then he's going to take it out on innocent people. I was reminded of Genesis 4, the first murder in the Bible, Cain kills Abel. And the Lord says to him, "Uh, Cain, why are you so angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? But if you do not do well, behold, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, yet you must master it. And Cain never responded to the Lord. He didn't heed the warning from the Lord. He let the sin that was crouching at the door, he let it in and he killed his brother Abel. And there were severe consequences for that. Um, You know, the the shooter, Ramos, uh, was killed by the police. Um, and that guy today is in a place called Hades. Uh, I don't know anything about this guy's spiritual condition, but you, Jesus said you shall know them by their fruits. And based on his actions, this is not somebody that knows Jesus as Savior and Lord, obviously. Uh, you are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you will do, as Jesus said in John chapter 8. He was a murderer from the beginning and a liar from the beginning. And so this guy, no doubt, is in a place called Hades. Uh, It's like jail for the soul until he goes before the Lord, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, at the great white throne. And then from Hades, he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Uh, terrible, horrible end to this person's life. And uh, But that's what happens to anybody who rejects 
Christ. And so we see this situation and and we grieve and we don't understand and we cry out to God, Lord, why? And the Lord tells us, you're not going to understand why so much of the time in this life. Just trust me, look to me, and use this as an opportunity. As a friend of mine, Tom Buck, said, we don't need a moment of silence. We need hours of prayer. Use this as an opportunity to say, we desperately need to return to the Lord. I think about his family as well, the killer's family. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, they lost a son, and then they have the grief of what their son's actions brought about mm-hmm. and what all loss their son's action brought about. And um, that that's a lot to filter through as well. Yeah, I don't know anything about his family, but, uh, you know, maybe they're uh, not upstanding people, but they're not killing school children. Right. And, and it's a significant loss for them as well, right? Yeah. You know, um, and it, it's like you said, Jeff, uh, it all comes back down to anger at God. <laughs> and the opposite of that is is loving God and trusting God. And um, it's a great reminder to us as believers that we are not going to understand all that happens is in this world, but we go back to the sovereignty of a God who loved this world so much, he sent his only son to die for it. And we go back to the truth of God's word that he is trustworthy. And that even though we don't understand situations, we can trust his heart that he's good and that he loves us. That's a good word. You know, I was thinking too about uh, a passage in Luke chapter 13. This is interesting because It says this, now on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. I think when anything like this happens, it is obviously a a time to mourn, a time to grieve, a time to uh, weep with those who weep. Uh, But it's also a time to say, you know what, Jesus dealt with this. He dealt with tragedy. 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, uh, those people that were brutally murdered by Pilate and, and their blood was mingled with sacrifices to uh, just to add you know, salt into the wound. He said, those two situations should cause men to repent. Uh, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And, and unless we repent as individuals and as a nation, we're going to perish because we're going to have to face a, a righteous and holy God, and uh, we desperately need to get right with him. We have said no to God. We said we don't want your will. We don't want your word. We don't want your ways. It's Romans chapter 1 uh, for so many lives and for us as a society. And what does it say? Three times in Romans chapter 1, God gave them over. He gave them over to uh, degrading passions. He gives them over to perversion. He gives them over to a reprobate uh, mind where you have a mind that doesn't think straight anymore. 
and a mind that does terrible, horrible things. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That's the world we're living in today. And what is the answer? We need to turn back to God while we still have opportunity. Well, and I think in the midst of all of the different uh, emotions that are, are going through the, the families that are grieving this tremendous loss, as well as just those of us that um, are not, like I said, not directly affected by it, but our heart just breaks um, thinking of the, the loss that people are going through, that we have to take all of that to the Lord and lay it at his feet because we're going to be going through a different gamut of emotions. You know, the, the psychologists tell us that there's five different stages of grief. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance. But the bottom line is all of those emotions, all of those feelings, all of that hurt, all of that sadness, all of that sorrow, that anger, we have to take all of that to the Lord because the world is not able to give us comfort. The world has no comfort to offer. And so we have to lay it at the feet of the Lord and allow him to minister to our spirits, to our souls as only he can do because the world has, has no hope for us. The world has no comfort to give us. No, the scripture says in Psalm 62, my soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And so the the dear people that are hurting so terribly in Uvalde, Texas today, God is a refuge for you. It's easy to lash out at God. It's easy to get angry at God. God, why did you let this happen? You know, if you're a God of love and God of mercy and compassion, why did you let this happen? But you need to look at the situation from Job's perspective. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gives, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, What that murderer did was awful and horrible, but God is good, and God loves us, and God is a God of compassion and comfort and grace, and he has grace to help us in our time of need. You're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm joined by my wife, Debbie, and we're talking today about when your heart is broken. What do you do? So don't go away. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. 
Every so often, we come face to face with obstacles that threaten to stop us in our tracks. But when we put our faith in God and rely on His power, He will give us the strength to conquer those mountains. This week on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares how to overcome the feelings of loneliness, fear, and grief. Join us for the series Invincible, this week on Pathway to Victory. Weekday mornings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. We all have internal and external triggers that drive us toward unhealthy eating habits. On the next Focus on the Family, Amber Leah, she's a health coach and a mom, will help you identify some of those triggers and work through them. You'll be encouraged to lean on God's truth to curb your cravings. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Well, after two years of COVID shutdown, Israel is open for business again. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. And you know, my wife, Allison, and I, we've been leading tour groups to Israel now for 20 plus years. And we're going to be joined by our sons, Wesley and Walker, as the family tradition continues in 2023. And we would love for you to come along with us. The trip is in March 2023. The dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything you need to know is at twholyland.com. That's twholyland.com. It's going to be a wonderful experience to travel with Christians from across the country to Israel and see the land where Jesus walked, where the Bible comes to life. Again, visit twholyland.com for all the information. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I'm joined in the studio by my wife, Debbie. We're talking about when your heart is broken. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. As David said in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. It is so important when your heart is broken to know that God has not deserted you. You know, I was thinking um, during the break that in the midst of tragedy, and I I learned this lesson personally when I was going through the loss of my parents, but everyone grieves so differently, and everyone grieves at a different pace. And... um, You know, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a time to dance. There's a time to not dance. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to rejoice. And so the Lord knows that we're going to experience in this life under the sun just a gamut of different types of emotions as as we walk this earth. But in the midst of, of loss and of tragedy, um, it's so important to extend grace to those people that are going through a tragedy because everyone grieves at a different pace and they grieve so differently. And as as close even as you and I are, Jeff, when I was going through the loss of my parents and you with the loss of your dad, 
I had my own relationship with them that was different than everybody else's relationship. So my grief, even though it was shared with other people, it was still my own. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking I was just in the home of a friend just this last week that uh, she was on hospice care and ended up passing away hours after I left her home. And her husband had said to me while we were there, he, uh, he said to me, sometimes I just have to leave the room. I just can't stay in here. And I remember telling him, you know, that's okay that you can't be in here all the time because we all grieve differently and we have to extend grace to people who, if we look at them and they're maybe they're not as upset as we're upset or they're not crying like we're crying or, or whatever it is. And you, you can judge that person and think, well, what is wrong with you? You're heartless. You're unfeeling. You're right. this, you're this. No, people grieve differently. They internalize things. They process things at a different rate. And it's so important that you extend grace to right. those people that are around you. It is it, it, very important. And, and you know, when we are um, meeting with people that have gone through tragedy, that have lost loved ones, that have, have had some terrible thing happen to them, oftentimes people don't know what do I say to them, how do I minister to them. Scripture says this in Proverbs 25, verse 20, singing happy songs to a sad person is as foolish as taking a coat off on a cold day or mixing soda and vinegar. Um, When someone is sad, you don't talk to them about the joy of the Lord. Why don't you? I I remember going through a difficult time. You don't have joy. You need to go through joy. You know, if if somebody took a hatchet and chopped your arm off uh, and you're screaming in pain, uh, what you don't need to hear is, well, where is the joy of the Lord for you, pal? Um, right. You need somebody to commiserate with you. You need somebody to give you comfort. Um, you know, the famous passage in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, where the Lord says, um, comfort, oh, comfort my people. And God is the God of all comfort. And when we're hurting, he comes to us and he he holds us. You know, Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He was getting ready to raise him from the dead, but he wept. And some say, well, he wept because of their unbelief. Um, I think he wept because he saw what, you know, what death does to people. And he wept over people's, uh, you know, their pain. He Comfort, the word comfort is to suffer with. And it uh, somebody defined it this way. Uh, when the Lord says he's a God of comfort, I feel your hurt in my heart. And so as we think about the people of Uvalde, Texas this morning and the, and the devastation that they've gone through and, and just the, uh, the students that were killed, uh, the, the adults that were killed, the teachers, um, and then the students that saw their classmates killed, um, we need to, to be praying for them. We need to ask God to pour out his comfort and grace because God is the God of all comfort and God is the God of all grace. I read this quote that I thought was so good that said, when pain digs deeper, when the heartache alters our emotions, when anxiety begs healing, we can pause and we can rest in God. 
and just to rely on his word and his promises. And one of those promises in Psalm 23 is that he promises to lead us to calm waters. Uh-huh. He com- he promises to restore our soul. And so um, it ultimately goes back to even in the midst of such tragedy and heartache, we turn back to the Lord. And I, I love the verse, and I know Mr. Bible's going to know exactly where the reference is, because I do not. But it's where we can rely on the truth of God's word that even when we cannot pray, we have the Holy Spirit who's interceding for us right. to the Father, even when our hearts are so broken that we are just groaning. That's all that can come out of us is a groan. The Holy Spirit can interpret that groan to the Father, and it goes straight to the throne room. We don't have to rely on our own strength um, in those times of tragedy because the Holy Spirit is there for us to take those prayers and to interpret those to the Father for us. And that's why it's so important that we lift each other up and that you're in community with other people. Because when you can't pray yourself, other people can stand in the gap for you. You need those uh, those Aaron and hers that can hold your your arms up, right? Right. Like they did for Moses. And um, that's why community is, is so very, very important, particularly to have that already established in, in this kind of crisis. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of like what Jesus said in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7. Um, the one that, that hears the word and acts upon them, he's the wise man who builds his house on the rock. The one who hears the words of the Lord and doesn't act upon them, he's the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Both those houses, the house built on the rock and the house built on the sand, Both of them have the same storms. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against both houses. Uh, Christians, non-Christians, we we don't go through life unscathed. We are going to have difficulties in this life. We are going to have the rainfall. We're going to have the winds blow. We're going to have the storms come. Um, But we have, as believers, we have uh, a firm foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ. This hope we have, it says in Hebrews 6, as an anchor of the soul, a hope a hope both steadfast and sure. Those who build their their lives on the sand, they don't have anything to hold them. And here's the thing, just to pick up on what you said, Debbie. When the storm comes, you can't pour a foundation in the rain. You know, with builders, they have to have it dry to pour the foundation. If it's pouring down rain, you don't see anybody pouring a foundation. And so, you know, we kind of uh, blow the Lord off until life falls apart, and then we're like, well, God, make my life strong, and the Lord is saying, uh, you know, I can't. It's raining right now, and uh, you, you you, kind of miss the opportunity to build that. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, there's no hope for you. There's always hope in God, but um, we need to, when, while the sun is shining— we need to take advantage of that opportunity to build our lives on Jesus and on his word because I promise you the storms are coming and difficulty will hit your life, will hit my life, will hit our families. No one is immune to that. Man who is born of woman, Job 14.1, is short-lived and full of trouble. So we need to be growing in our relationship with the Lord so that when the storm comes, we are strong in him. Well, and it's such a great reminder that we have to just be seeking after the Lord. 
we have to just be staying in fellowship with him. And, and in these times that just seem so dark and so tragic, all the more reason to be seeking after the Lord. And even in our pain to just uh, look to him to refresh us and to remind us of the hope that we have in him. And, you know, the, the psalmist told us in Psalm 34, 4, hey, I sought the Lord and he answered me. So when we seek after him, he does answer us. He does come into our situation and he does provide comfort that only he can provide. He provides peace that truly does supersede any of our human understanding. Right. Yeah, he is the prince of peace and he's available to us and so we can he, he's our refuge and strength, a very present help when we're in trouble. So when you think about what to do when your heart is broken and shattered, these these are the options. Uh, Mrs. Job told Job, curse God and die. Well, that's an option. That's a faithless, terrible option. Job said to his wife, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. I'm not going to curse God and die. Uh, as Peter said, when Jesus said, you don't want to go away too, do you? And he said, Lord, where are we to go? You have words of eternal life. So cursing God and and dying and turning our back and getting bitter at God, that is not a good plan. You know, that we read in the book of Ruth, Naomi did that where she got so bitter. Don't call me Naomi, which means pleasantness. Call me Mara, which means bitterness. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I lost my husband and my two sons. So we can curse God and die. Uh, terrible option. Option number two, you can get bitter at God. You can live just with anger and resentment and bitterness toward God that spreads out to every other relationship in your life. That is awful. Or you can Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Psalm 62, verse 8. And that is the option we need to take. And you you've, may have heard me say this before, but it is so important to remember. We do not view God through the lens of circumstances. We view circumstances through the lens of God, who he is. Truly he is good. Truly his loving kindness is everlasting. And truly, God works all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. So in the midst of suffering and brokenness, I must seek the Lord and trust the Lord and wait on the Lord. I think, too, it's important to go back over your history with the Lord and and see and remind yourself of how in your own personal past, he has truly taken the bad and turned it into good. So when we when we look back historically at God's faithfulness in our lives, it's an encouragement to our heart that he, he is going to be faithful in this situation as well. And even in the midst of, of the hurt, in the midst of just questioning and not understanding why this has happened and not understanding how on earth earth, we are going to be able to live a new normal. How, how is that even going to take place? I, I'm I'm never going to be able to laugh again. My heart is never going to be whole right. again. All those emotions that, um, that 
A, God understands, but B, he also is able to heal and walk us through. Um, It's to look back on our history with him and remember his faithfulness, remember his goodness, remember his compassion, remember his steadfastness in our lives and in our situations and how he has historically in other people's lives that we've seen, as well as in our own, he has made beauty from ashes. He has worked all things together for good and that he has a sovereign plan for our lives and that he can be trusted. I love what Paul says in the, the last letter he ever wrote to Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 4. He, says, he said, at my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood with me and strengthen me in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will deliver me. This is Second this is Timothy 4.18. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, we know that Paul got his head cut off. So when we think about, well, Paul, you said that the Lord would deliver you from every evil deed. Well, he did. He delivered him to heaven. He took him to heaven. You know, Debbie, you've heard me say before that uh, how does God deliver? Sometimes he delivers before the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. He, he, Acts chapter 12, he got Peter out of prison before Herod could kill him. Um, sometimes he delivers in the fiery furnace. That's what he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, where Nebuchadnezzar said, were there not three men put in the fire? And they said, certainly, O king. And he said, but I see four men loosed and walking about, and one is like the Son of God. Uh, Jesus was in that fiery furnace with those three Hebrew boys, and he'll be in your fiery furnace and our fiery furnace. He will never leave you and never forsake you. So sometimes he delivers before the furnace. Sometimes he delivers in the furnace. Sometimes he delivers after the furnace. That's what he did with Paul. Paul died. He got his head cut off. Uh, Peter was crucified upside down. All the disciples, minus John, who died of natural causes, were martyred for their faith. And as Stephen said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the throne of God. And uh, he was excited to have that witness for the Lord as his uh, last act. He stood up for Jesus. As the song says, stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. That is our command from the Lord is to be faithful until death. He said, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. So you're listening to Real Truth for today. I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve, and my wife is here, Debbie, and we're talking about what to do when your heart is broken. Our hearts are grieving today because of the tragedy, the senseless tragedy and massacre that took place in the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. And we're praying for those dear people, and uh, we're asking God to, to just take something terrible and turn it for good. We'll be taking your calls in this next segment. The number to call is 888-589-8840. Let's talk and let's uh, find strength in the Lord. What does the American Family Association stand for? 
AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, we don't have to engage in psychological brainwashing techniques and all this nonsense that the left traffics in because they're godless, for the most part. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That's how we fight. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. 80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently preborn centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love can save a life. We've always had an interest. God has given us a gift of being able to help a lot of people with their finances and budgets and stuff. Bernie and Alice Larson are faithful supporters of the American Family Association. We were thinking about the charitable gift annuities, and we'd never heard of that before, but we thought, well, we'd always wanted to leave some of our money with for God, but we didn't know where or how. And it, we felt like this was put into our laps as answer to our prayers as to what we could do after we're gone. The Larsons learned that a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation would provide them with monthly income for life, as well as supporting the American Family Association into the future. You can learn more about charitable annuities and other financial products at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345. You just can't outgive God, and He just keeps pouring back into us. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the host of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on this great network, American Family Radio. Well, Debbie and I are talking about uh, the situation in Uvalde, what to do when your heart is broken. Psalm 62 is a great psalm, and David says this, My soul waits in silence for God only. From Him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. Well, and I think in the midst of that verse, it's a great reminder to us that we can take all of our 
different emotions to the Lord, he can handle it. God can handle our anger. He can handle our frustration. He can handle our sorrow. He can handle our hurt. He can handle our brokenness. He can handle all of those things. And we need to go to him because he's the source. And um, I, I was thinking about that verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 41.10 that said, so do not fear for I am with you. So to just constantly be reminding ourselves that God is with us. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will withhold you, uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so we don't have to rely on our strength. We don't have to rely on our understanding. We don't have to rely on our coping skills, on our ability to make sense of anything. We don't have to rely on ourselves. We rely on the Lord. Right. And so that's why it's so important for us to to take that to him and to know that he will provide us with the strength we need. When we think, man, I can't make it another step. My heart is so broken that I I don't even know how I can take my next breath, much less function in life. Hey, God can be our strength. God is our strength. He offers that to us. We just have to go to him and, and get it and, and, and accept it and that he will bring healing. He will bring healing to our hearts. He will mend our broken hearts. And we will be able to rejoice and see the goodness of the Lord again. Right. Because God is a good God. And God knows. And, uh, you know, there's a time for for everything. And there's the time to cry. And then there's a time to... um, you know, to, to say, okay, Lord, here I am, and, and I need you to heal my broken heart. Hey, if you have had a situation where God has brought you through the deep, dark valley of the shadow of death, because David uses that word through, even though I walk through, you don't live in the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, you go through it to the other side. If you have a story like that where God was faithful in the midst of your broken heart, that he was faithful to pick up the pieces and to uh, to bring joy again to your life, we'd love to hear about it. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. Well, uh, Debbie, as you were saying, God is able to handle uh, our frustrations. So Psalm 62, verse 8, is a favorite of mine. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And then it has the little word, probably a musical notation, uh, Selah, S-E-L-A-H, which means to pause and, and so we pause there. God is a refuge for us. He's a safe place. He's a safe haven for us where we can share everything and anything going on and say, Lord, I, I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you. And this is what I'm dealing with. These are the emotions that are swirling around in me. This is the anger that's there. This is the frustration that's there. This is the, the hurt that's there. This is how I feel. Um, And you can tell God, say, Lord, I feel like you've deserted me, but I know that's not true. And I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by the truth of your word and not feelings. Well, we have Carrie on the line from Texas. Carrie, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Hi, Pastor Sharif. How are you? Good. How are you? I I am blessed. Thank you. Go ahead. Um. Well, you asked the question that if any of us had been deeply brokenhearted and, and God still 
was faithful and joy. And I, I lost my husband to brain cancer in 2020. Um, and he left us, uh, me and my two-year, our two-year-old son. And it was a long battle, but God has just been so good to provide and protect for me and never to let me feel alone, even in such pain. And I I felt like it was important to share that hope today. Amen. Awesome. That's great, Carrie. Carrie, I'm so sorry for your loss, and, and I know that um, that is a deep, deep, deep pain, but... Uh, the good news is we have a name to call on for the Lord, and that is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals and the God who never leaves us and never forsakes us. Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Jireh, the God who provides. And so I thank you for that testimony, Carrie, and we pray that uh, God would just continue to bless you and to bless your child and, and to lead you uh, in these days. So thank you for calling. We do have Becky on the line from Ohio. Becky, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Hey, Pastor Jeff. Um, I'll try to uh, not not to get too emotional. Um, I'm on my way to the dentist, and I was listening to you sharing and talking about uh, what's happening in Texas, and also uh, how the Lord has walked us through difficulty, and could we share a little bit? So let me just say that uh, 42 years ago, my oldest child passed away mm. as a baby, and uh, I didn't know the Lord, and it was a horrific, horrific time. Um, but through that tragedy, um, I, I gave my life to Christ. I wouldn't have volunteered for it, don't misunderstand me, but I will say that the Lord was so faithful in taking something so horrific and uh, literally walking out Romans 8.28, that He causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him. Amen. And then fast forward another 20 years later, I, I have had several more children, but then I experienced the the horrific pain of having a stillborn son. And that one, um, that tragedy hit me so much more uh, because I felt like I kind of understood why the Lord allowed my daughter to pass away. But when I had my stillborn son, it was such a crisis of faith. But even in that uh, questioning and asking God why and not having any clear reason as if anything would have justified, I'm sorry, um, helped me to understand, really. Um, God showed himself faithful, and I have been able to come alongside other women in the ministry that my husband and I are a part of called the Dream Center, uh, Christ-centered ministry. Um, uh, Women who have struggled with things similar, and I would never have been able to say, I know what that feels like, and I'm so sorry had I not experienced losing my son the way I did. Mm. So I... Just wanting, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 uh, I appreciate you calling in. And, you know, uh, Becky, God doesn't waste uh, a, a situation or, or a heartache or a tragedy. Uh, he wants to use those for good. And, and so you, you've allowed the Lord to do that. Um, so much of the time, if we get bitter, then, then we block the flow of God's grace. And so uh, that's a great testimony that you didn't do that. You, you turned to him in your time of... Uh, of pain and, and tragedy. And so um, what, what else would you like to say about that? Anything else for our listeners? Uh, just to reiterate the scripture that your wife shared from Isaiah, I was quoting it with her as she was saying it, that just that God is faithful. He doesn't always give us that magazine cover ending that we're hoping for. Right. But we don't, ha- we don't have to understand it. We kn- he sent his son to die for us. And if he did that, we can trust him with anything. 
Amen. Great, great word. Great word. Uh, Romans eight thirty two. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? We can trust God no matter what. Becky, thank you so much for calling in today, and you have ministered to me, and so I know you minister to to many many others. Uh, well, we have Tracy on the line from Florida. Tracy, you're on the program, Real Truth for Today. Thank you so much for taking my call. Unfortunately, sure. it's not uh, going through things. It's going through something right now that's really, really, really breaking my faith. Um, my question is, what does it mean, the comfort of God and the peace of God and using God's strength? What does that mean? I hear that all the time, and it's I'm not experiencing any of that, and that's making me question whether I even have salvation. I believe everything I'm supposed to believe, but... If he's not answering my prayers, and he knows my desperate need, and it's not a want, it's a need, and I don't feel his comfort, and I don't feel his peace, and I don't feel his strength to keep going, what does it mean? Great question. I appreciate your honesty with that. Well, so, you know, I don't I don't know, you know, the, the situations that you're facing, and I don't know what's what your relationship is with the Lord. And so sometimes God can use tragedy, just like uh, Becky had said, that, you know, when, when that went, uh, it became real for her, where she lost her child, then she realized, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, and she really gave her heart to, to the Lord. Um, the thing that, that you can claim, um, so Isaiah 26, verse 3, and you to God, and you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's a promise to claim from God. Say, God, you promised me peace if I would trust in you. And so I am doing that. Now, Tracy, uh, there, there's something that is known uh, in Christian circles as the dark night of the soul. And that's when, when we go through tragedy, when we go through difficulty, when we feel like this is in feelings. Our feelings say, God, you've deserted me. But our faith says he promised he would never desert me. So I would encourage you this way. Uh, if I'm you, I'd say, Lord, I don't feel your presence and I desperately need to feel your presence. And so, Lord, it, I just want to... Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, if there's something in my heart that's blocking your flow of grace, that's blocking me from experiencing your peace, then show me what that is so that I can confess that to you so that I can get that out of my heart and so that I can experience the peace you want to give me and the comfort you want to give me. You know, we don't feel God's arms around us. God is spirit. But through other believers, we can feel God's arms around us. And so that would be my encouragement to you, Tracy, and just that, you know, just be honest with the Lord. Lord, I don't know why I don't feel this. So if I've not done something right, if I've not really ever surrendered my life to you, I want to do that now. And I desperately need you, and I need your grace, and I need your comfort. A great passage of Scripture is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, 
that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. May Tracy, may I pray for you right now? Please, I would appreciate that. <laughs> Father, I thank you for Tracy, and I know she's hurting, and I pray that you would just wrap your arms of love around her, and I pray that you would just remind her again how much you love her and how you're the God who is over all things and how you... Uh, promise in your word when we give you our hearts you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us and lord i pray this day that you would uh, let her know in a very tangible way that you know exactly what she's going through that you have not forgotten her bring a believer by uh, somebody to uh, to her life somebody that can be jesus with skin on for her and can wrap their physical arms around her and let her know that you know and that you care. And Lord, I just pray in her heart, if there's something that's blocking the flow of your grace, that you would pinpoint it, Holy Spirit, that she would be able to confess that as sin, get it out of her heart, out of the shadows and under uh, your blood. God, that her heart would not be bitter in any way or resentful in any way, that she would just look to you and trust you. And uh, Lord, that she would come boldly before your throne of grace to receive mercy, we need mercy, Lord, and grace to help in time of need. I pray that all for her in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tracy, Thank you so, so, much. so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're so welcome. Well, we just have another minute, and we have Debbie from Ohio on the line. Debbie, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Good morning. I'm calling to say thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your program. And I just want to thank the Lord for, um, you asked how the Lord has brought me through trying times. Um, I, several years ago, went through an unwanted divorce, and I'm raising um, two adult children with disabilities, and I'm uh, underemployed, meaning that I like to work more than I'm able to because one of my children I have to be home with um, because he can't be at home by by himself but um, through the blessings of the Lord the hands of the Lord like you said through other people um, I'm still standing I'm here today I have my health my sons are healthy and and I know it's not all about what the Lord does for me but it's about my relationship with him Amen. Debbie, I'm sorry I got to cut you off. We are getting ready to end the broadcast, but thank you for calling for that testimony. You've been listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'll be with you again tomorrow and uh, as we turn our hearts toward the Lord and toward what He has for us. Shine for Christ and share what great things He has done. I'll be seeing you tomorrow. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.